great to be talking to you this morning. We're going to be continuing our series from Mark's Gospel, looking at Jesus, he's the one. And today we make it to Mark 8, verse 1 to 9, so you can be looking that up ready. Mark 8, 1 to 9, it's the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000. And our title for this morning is Jesus, the one who cares. Now, when we think of this event, feeding the 4,000, it is clearly an incredible work of power, of kingdom breaking out, of Jesus performing an amazing miracle. And so you might think, well, why is the title? He's the one who cares. Well, it's very much about Jesus's compassion that led him to act. And so we're focusing on this aspect of Jesus' compassion, him seeing the crowds of people and feeling something for them, being so moved that he is compelled to act. And it's a, it's a story that we read in Mark's gospel. It's also recorded in Matthew's as well. It's um, a similar event to when Jesus fed the 5,000, but it is a different event and it happens afterwards. There are many similarities in terms of it's thousands of people that Jesus was feeding. And it was out of compassion, we're told he fed the 5,000 and then he fed the 4,000. So there are many, many parallels. Let's leap straight in now and read the account from Mark 8 verses 1 to 9. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also. And he told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. And we find out from Matthew's account of this that it was 4,000 men plus women and children. So we're not just talking about 4,000, but even more than that. So this scene takes place on a remote, in a remote place, literally a desert. And what's been going on? Well, we find out from Matthew's account of this that there's been crowds gathered. They came to him. Great crowds came to Jesus. They came bringing all those that were sick. It says they're bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute and many others and laid them at Jesus' feet and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing and they praised the God of Israel. So you've got these crowds that have followed Jesus. They've congregated and gathered around him in this remote place, this desert. And they've been bringing the sick. Jesus has been healing them. He's been ministering to them already. But it now gets to the point where Jesus declares to his disciples, 
we need to do something. These people have been with me now for three days. Now, some of those people may well have brought some supplies with them in terms of the food, but I guess by this point they're running low. And Jesus is very aware that if he was to send them home now, they may well faint. They may collapse on the way because a long journey without eating is never a good thing. So what was it that motivated Jesus to, to speak up to, and to take action? Well, the same thing that motivates him always. It's out of love and care and compassion. God is love. Jesus is love. And so it's out of Jesus' love that he acts, his love for the people around him, his love for us. Jesus was compassionate and he deals with some very practical needs. The word when it says there in verse two about he had compassion, he says, I have compassion. And it's that word of being really moved, gut-wrenching movement and kind of a feeling deep within that things are not right and he needs to act. It's the same word that Mark uses in chapter one when Jesus is, is moved with compassion to heal the man with leprosy. It's the same word that's used in Mark 6 when he's moved to feed the 5,000. So it's this compulsion within him. It's not just a feeling. It, it drives him. Jesus is not aloof. He's not distant. He sees our needs. And he's moved into action. He understands our frailty. There's a pattern in the way Jesus goes about things. He sees or hears the need. He feels it deeply and then he acts. When Jesus saw the need, he was compelled emotionally to take action. This really is TLC, tender, loving care. You know, his life, if you like, Jesus' whole life sang compassion and he still sings compassion today. We see that ultimately when he died for us his ultimate act of compassion was coming to earth and dying in our place in place of you and me so that we could be forgiven so that we could know him and live with him forever jesus is still moved with compassion today do you know that jesus loves you he cares for you he's moved with compassion for you Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23 say his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Today, there is a new measure of compassion and mercy for you and me. There was yesterday, there will be tomorrow. They're new every day. That's something we can rely on. We were singing about God's faithfulness in our worship time and a way that his faithfulness is demonstrated is the way he pours out his mercies, his compassion upon us every single day 2 corinthians 1 3 to 4 say praise be to the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of compassion and the god of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles god is the father of compassion the god of all comfort it is very it's part of who he is he is the compassionate one Tom Wright in his book, Mark for Everyone, says we're probably meant to make the connection between Jesus' compassion for the crowds and his action with the bread and the fish. 
God's kingdom is not simply a matter of power, but also of overflowing love. And the two here go inextricably together. So, yes, this is an amazing story of a miracle, but it's also a story of compassion, of love overflowing. And the two are linked together. It's power and love together. And that is the way God moves. He moves with power and love even today. So he was motivated by compassion and care and love. But what did he do? Well, he provided a miraculous outpouring of food in this case. You know, the disciples, their response to what Jesus said, he said, uh, he said to them, well, you know, we need to do something. I've, I have compassion. We can't send them home hungry. And the disciples answered with a question they said but where in this remote place where in this desert can anyone find enough bread to feed them their very question should have reminded them of a story in their history as the Jewish nation they should have been reminded by even asking the question where can we find bread in the desert they should have been thinking well we know exactly what could happen here God provided manna in the desert for 40 years for their ancestors. They should have kind of been going, oh, well, 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 hang on a minute. If, if God can do anything in the desert, he can certainly provide manna. He can provide bread. And yet they had left God. They had left Jesus out of their calculations. Kezia has been doing uh, some exams this week. And one of the exams was a physics exam. And uh, for the physics exam, she had to have an equation sheet of all, all the all the scientific equations she needed to be using during that exam paper. And some of you might remember from your science learning of kind of those those are questions that we had to learn. E equals MC squared, F equals MA, all these different equations that kind of bubble around in our heads. And, and most of the time, they're just a random load of letters to us now. But the disciples had completely the wrong equation going on. Their equation was, well, we've got five loaves and we've got some fish and that equals, well, a handful of people getting fed, but many thousands still hungry. That was the equation they were working with. They hadn't factored in Jesus into their calculations. How often do we leave Jesus out of our equations? How often do we not factor Jesus into the calculations. See, the right equation in that moment was their resources given plus Jesus equals unlimited impact. In this case, over 4,000 people being fed. That's impossible, isn't it? Not with God. Not with God. The right equation, our resources given plus Jesus means unlimited impact. What's your impossible need right now? What is it you're facing? What's the equation running through your head right now? Is it your own working out, your own trying of things, maybe with a bit of support from others, equals just about getting by or struggling? Or is your equation I'm offering things, what I'm offering here, plus Jesus, boom, things could change. 
He's the God of miracles. He was then and he still is now. So he provided miraculously for over 4,000 people. He gave thanks to God. I don't know if you spotted that. In that short passage, we see him giving thanks for the bread and for the fish. He gave for what he had, but presumably for what God was going to do as well. Jesus could see what was going to happen. He had faith. He was going to step out and God was going to provide. He thanked for what he had, but what was going to be done as well. We should have a similar attitude. We need to thank, be regularly thanking God for what we have, but also for what he will be doing. He involved others in the task. You know, he could have just gone ahead and somehow flung out a load of bread. But he involved the disciples. You know, really, they should have been getting the idea. They'd done it just, you know, in Mark 6, feeding him the 5,000. They'd helped him in that instant. They'd seen him provide in the desert. They'd helped him in that. But they're a bit slow on the uptake. Maybe he's like some of us. We're a bit slow on the uptake. We see God move and so we, we so quickly forget. But Jesus is saying, come on, I want to involve you in this. Get the people to sit down. Here's some bread. Pass it on. We're called to be involved in what Jesus is doing today. We're called to be compassionate too. Those verses I read a minute ago from 2 Corinthians 1. Start praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. And then goes on to say, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. We experience God's care and compassion and love, and he calls us to pass it on. Just like Jesus passed the bread on to the disciples to pass it on, he passes on good things to us to pass on to others. Just like Jesus was moved with compassion, he saw and heard the need, he felt it deeply and he acted. He wants us to see and hear the needs around us, to feel it deeply and to act. You know, that's why we do the food bank, because we see a need and we want to act. That's why we're involved in social action. There's so many needs. We don't have to look very far for, for, to be aware of needs. Again, in Tom Wright's book, Mark for Everyone, he says this about Jesus involving the disciples and involving us. It is noticeable that in both stories, that's the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. Jesus not only feeds the crowds, he involves his disciples in feeding, in the feeding. The closer we are to Jesus, the more likely it is that he will call us to share in his work of compassion, healing and feeding, bringing his kingdom work to an ever wider circle. Unlike magicians in the ancient world performing tricks to gain money or personal kudos, Jesus is concerned to bring his disciples into the work in which he is engaged. The Christian life as a disciplined rhythm of following Jesus involves not only being fed, but becoming in turn one through whom Jesus' love can be extended to the world. Of course, our resources will seem and feel totally inadequate. That is Jesus' problem, not ours. And these stories indicate well enough that he will cope with it. Our task, as has been said often enough, but still needs to be heard and acted upon 
is not to bemoan how few loaves and fishes we have for the crowd, but to offer them to Jesus, to do whatever he wants with them, and then to be ready to distribute them to our own surprise at his command. We're called to be involved in Jesus' amazing work of compassion to those around us. We are his hands and feet. We're the ones who who can see that need to feel it and then to act. And as I said, we don't have to look very far to see people in need right now. We are confronted with need all around us, locally, nationally, globally. We can see needs. Now, maybe it's an elderly person struggling with their shopping. Maybe someone overcome with fear about this pandemic. A neighbour who can't manage with their gardening. A young parent who's exhausted. A friend facing marriage difficulties. A family not being able to afford food. Those without a voice, desperate to be heard. There's so many people around us that we can demonstrate God's love to. What do we do? Do we stop and notice? Do we let it impact us like Jesus was impacted? Do we take action? And he acted, Jesus in this story acted with generosity. The people ate and were satisfied. That's what we're told in that passage. And I'm guessing they weren't just satisfied physically either. He met their emotional needs, their spiritual needs. And there was a lavishness to the way in which he went about feeding this huge crowd. He took what what was available. He multiplied it using a God equation. And there was leftovers. There was an abundance. You know, verse 8 talks about these basketfuls. Seven basketfuls were collected. Now, these baskets, the word was spurious. And those were big baskets. They weren't just little everyday carry your, carry your hamper or your, your picnic in. These were big baskets. It's the same word that was used for the basket that lowered Paul down from the walls of Damascus that we read about in Acts 9.25. So these were big baskets, seven basketfuls of bread left over. So Jesus managed to take these loaves and these few fish and feed more than 4,000 people and there still be leftovers. Incredible outpouring of God's work and power. Incredible kingdom breaking out. And that power is still going on in the world today. We still see it demonstrated. You know, I've, I've been aware of food being multiplied at least twice during KCC's history. One time in particular, I remember uh, I'd organised a men's curry night and we'd ordered the takeaway in. And I hadn't really gauged how much, how many people were coming and how much food was there. And when it was laid out on the table, it really didn't look like it was going to feed maybe even half, two thirds of the guys that were there. So I did a, a kind of one of those quick prayers. God, please do something here. And the guys started queuing up, helping themselves to the curry and the rice. And they kept coming and the food kept going. And actually... They'd all had their kind of their fill and some of them came out for seconds and there was still curry left over. In fact, at the end of the night, some of the guys were able to take pots of curry home with them. God still does things today. You know, that wasn't 4,000 people. 
but there was still this, this multiplying work. He is still at work today. So this event from Mark tells us that Jesus is the one who cares. He sees, he feels deeply, and he acts. Some of us need to be reminded of that again today. He sees your needs. He sees your situation. He is not a loop. He's not a distant God. He is deeply moved. But it also tells us that Jesus is mighty as well as loving. In God's kingdom, God's power and his overflowing love go inextricably together. How reassuring is that for us today? We have a God who loves us deeply, but also is mighty and able to act. Let yourself be reminded of that today. Let that do you good today. Whatever it is you're facing, know again that he is the one who cares. And as I said, many around us need to hear that message as well. They need to know that Jesus is the one who cares, that he is not some distant, disinterested God. He is one who is compassionate, always. Let's be ready to tell those who need to know that. Tell them in our words, but also let it be in our actions as we pass on the compassion that we have known to those around us. And I would just say, if you're, if you're struggling to feel compassionate and feel that moving towards others, Ask God to help you because he loves to do that. Ask him to give him the, the eyes that he sees people with so that we truly can go about being their hope in the world. So we're going to leave it there. Just have that truth ringing in your ears this morning that Jesus is the one who cares. He is deeply moved by your needs, by my needs, and he is willing and able to take action.